0: Well, it is good to be with you. As I said, we are in the second week of a new series called Margin. And this is making space for God in a maxed out life. And let me tell you, I am King Hypocrite standing up here this morning. Who else is living the maxed out life right now? It's nothing to clap about. Some people celebrate busyness and honor like a full schedule. And I've had friends like this over the years where they're kind of like, it's kinda like bragging about how busy they are, and I'm like, so you're dumb, congratulations. And so that's what I sound like, Uh, so maybe this voice is a part of that, that I'm just going too hard and too fast. And so it's important, these are like the maintenance kind of things of, of our Christian walk, and that's because God has a better way for us to live. And so it's important that we dive into this periodically. You've probably heard similar messages over the years. Guess why? Why do you tell your kids, what to do for the fifth time? Because they didn't learn it the last time. And or they may have cleaned the room and then it goes for three days and you can't even, you don't even want to open the door because the smell is just so bad. And so we need to grasp this and this is something that we need to hear over and over again. If you missed last week, uh, you can get all of our sermons at picktownfc.com and there's an app that we do as well, Podbean, and you can follow up, share those if, if, if something sticks out to you. We ended last week with an illustration that that I believe is going to weave through this series. And so you picture a garden where it's springtime. Um, Rain is good, by the way. Uh, People that don't have rain really wish they had it. Uh, That's my pep talk for rain. I'm done because I want the sun. Um, But I am trying to be grateful. But you need the rain to grow things. And right now, it is planting time. Because when this, if you're at Home Depot right now and the sun is out, it is getting crazy. I used to work there back in the day and those first few warm Saturdays were like Black Friday at, at every other store. It was like everybody decided that now is the time to put something in the ground. Even if it's February and we got a rare 60 degree day, it's like, hold off, we're just ready to go but maybe you just go down the aisle and you just look and stuff sticks out and like, Oh, that looks good. That looks good. Most people I know that plant a garden, plan a garden. Does that sound right? And so you may have lined up rows and and these are where the tomatoes are going to go. And these are where the green peppers are going to go. These are where the jalapenos are going to go. And those little things will crank out the, the peppers, man. I can't keep up. Fantastic. But this is where this goes, this is where this goes. And, and we know this, and the Bible uses this analogy throughout the Bible because it's one of the more uh, consistent things that everyone from a, a five-year-old on up to, to the oldest one in here can understand, and that is you reap what you sow. And and so it's important that we don't just, we're going to reap what we sow, so why not plan what we want to reap? And so for me, I want to make sure that my home is most often a home of peace, that my schedule is usually a schedule where I have rest in there and time with my family, and that my day is not so tight that I can't come up for air. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm picturing the fruit that I want, and then I've got to plant what matches that, because if you just wing it, It's a mess. And you will find yourself just frustrated. You'll find yourself tired. You'll find yourself being grouchy to the rest of the worship. Oh, I am talking to myself. Good. Hopefully you all get a benefit from it as well. And so listen to this quote. I love it. It's from a book by uh, Victoria Moran. When you're clear about your purpose and your priorities, you can painlessly discard whatever does not support these, whether it's clutter in your cabinets or commitments on your calendar let me read that again is that fantastic when you're clear about your purpose and your priorities you can painlessly discard whatever does not support these whether it's clutter in your cabinets or commitments on your calendar and so this is very practical and it's also one of those things that we know this and so i've got a few touch points in the kitchen specifically that i get in over my head um who likes hot sauce? Who thinks Tabasco is hot sauce? Good, good, you're allowed to stay at this church. For, for the average home, the average restaurant, hot sauce means a token bottle of Tabasco hot sauce. Um, starter that's 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 entry grade I I prefer things that sound like molten lava on the label or smack your mama or you know something that like wish you died yesterday those are the titles of the hot sauces that I like yeah I just made those up but I'm gonna make them (laughs) and so I'm usually up on the latest habanero stuff ghost pepper if you don't know what that is that's because you might not like life but that's okay So what happens is, is I see a hot sauce that I like, and I think, ooh, I buy it, and I put it in the condiment, one of my many condiment shelves in the fridge, and then I will buy another hot sauce, and then another one, and then another one. So I got chili paste, I got hot sweet, I got every flavor, and different ones go with different things, I'm not just insane. But if I'm not careful, then I can't see all of the hot sauces I have, and I make my wife upset. and so. These are, this is real life. Can I talk from real life here? And so if I am so cluttered that I can't see the different ones I have, then I'm, I'm, I'm hurting myself. And I do the same thing with spices. I do the same thing with tools. I do the same thing with blue jeans. I do the same. Okay. Preaching to me. We all accumulate stuff with good intentions because we buy something with the thought of, I like it it looks pretty. I might be that size someday. I don't know. Uh, this is going to taste good with the one time I make curry in the next three months. You know, those are, those are the thoughts that influence my purchases at the grocery store. And so I will like, you know, be fresh off of a food TV show and, and go buy 10 weird ingredients. I use a pretty good variety of stuff in my house, but I can fill up space for the day-to-day flow of life with stuff that I'm not Going to hardly get to, and um,
1: and so. Let's go to Luke twelve fifteen. Is it okay to be practical in church? All right.
0: Don't worry, it'll be spiritual. But sometimes we got to make sure this stuff translates into Monday. Okay. So Luke twelve. Chapter fifteen or verse fifteen. And then we're going to read a little further there in a bit. So keep, keep, uh, keep your place there. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 says this. This is Jesus speaking. Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Wow. Well, when we enjoy things, you know, then having a variety of those things often goes with it. If you have a, an interest, you know, a hobby. Um, I like to shoot a little pool, and so I've upgraded. I've got a halfway decent stick that's probably more than what most people would pay on a on a cue stick. And then, if, but if I go shoot pool with my good buddy Jason, he takes like six sticks with him because you got to have a special one for this, that, and that. But he loves it, and so he has this these things, and so. We get these ideas, and so sometimes we have more than one thing. Like, I would happily own more than, you know, five cars, because I think you should have a BMW 5 Series for dates. I think you should have a monster truck for rush hour traffic. I think you should have, you know what I'm saying? I think you should have a convertible for the 20 days that are between 70 and 79 and sunny in Ohio. Um, Am I bitter about the rain? Yes, I'm bitter about the rain. But, but Jesus is saying, be careful with an abundance. And guess what? We all have an abundance. And so this is, we've got to be careful then because we live in a country full of abundance. Now, I've, I've had times where, where my checks are tight and we all have, but that's because they're maxed out with a lot of things. And so we are managing abundant lives. And you need to go on a short-term mission trip or, or watch the news if you want to, prove that. And so a fascinating book I saw that was just pictures of families from around the world and it showed them everybody who lived in the house, in front of the house, with all of the material things with them out in front of the house. Everything. It is a really cool thing to look up and it'll it'll mess with you a little bit. And so most of the world lives with multi-generation Sorry, Uh, mom and dad. Uh, No, most of them have a lot of people, more than the average that are in our home. Then you take the home size and take 20% of the size that we live in, and then you take the amount of stuff and shrink it down, and you see it out in front, and then you turn the page to the average, like, middle American family, and here's four people sitting in front of a big house with a yard full of stuff. Right. Okay. so we have an abundance, but here's what we need to learn today. It's not the 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 stuff isn't the issue. Somebody say thank you. I can keep my hot sauce collection. Let's go to some more verses out of Luke. Listen to 16 through 21 this morning. So Jesus would say a statement like beware. And then he would lead right into a story to teach on the statement he just made. So it says, then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. Then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, My friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. You will die this very night, then you will get everything you worked for. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but does not have a rich relationship with God. Oh my, we got we to dig into this. This is crazy because that story sounds a lot like the American dream. Of I'm going to work, I'm going to put in my time, and then I'm going to get into a place where I can just put it in neutral and just enjoy What's he talking about? Because that was my plan. Um, and And that doesn't sound good. But did Jesus say having possessions is wrong? What he says there is he says, that's not where your life should be. And he says, your life doesn't consist of things. And he sees a problem with the person having a lot, but not being in a rich relationship
1: with God. Where did this man go wrong? Is it wrong to be successful? I don't think so. Is it wrong
0: to store things? Is it wrong to plan for the next day? And to be a steward and have... I don't think so. Is it wrong to enjoy your things? No, that's not what Jesus is saying here. Listen to this. Where did this man go wrong? He makes a statement here that says about taking it easy, and we're not talking about we're not just talking about retirement, we're talking about checking out and declaring yourself to be the end of the river. What do I mean by that? The stuff in your life, kids, material things, all the money you'll make and spend that that, that washes through your bank account and through your pockets. God moves those things through so that we can function, so that we can live our life, so that we can bless other people, so that we can use it, so that we can enjoy it. This man is declaring that all of that is just for him. He says, I'm going to build bigger barns so that I can stop and just check out. So that and that, that part of it, I think, is, is a little bit of a check to ourselves because I think that is part of the framework of, of, of the American dream about this kind of checking out. If you'll notice in the church and in God's story through the Bible, the older generations may physically work less, but they become increasingly more valuable to the body. It's never just so that they can check out. And so we need that generation more than more than ever and so i'm thankful that this church is multi-generational and and so when i talk to uh, a young single mother who's struggling i know that i can pair her up with somebody and say talk to this family they raised four kids and three out of four aren't in jail um you know uh, you might <laughs> i'm terrible i'm sorry There's another time in Israel, is stuff bad? One of the heroes of the Bible is Abraham. Another one's Job. These were the wealthiest men of their day and of their region. But what were they doing? They were carrying and leading the nation around them. They were were using it and enjoying it. That's, That's what we're talking about here. Let's keep moving. What's the problem with a packed fridge Packed purse, packed cabinet, packed
1: garage. Purpose. If I can't see 80% of my hot sauces, how can I use them? Right?
0: If I can't find a tool that I know I have, I may have to actually go buy the same tool again there's a reason why I have two chalk lines. It wasn't just being clever. It's because I couldn't find one the one time. There's a reason why I have multiple tape measures. There's a, it's not just like I collect them. It's because I couldn't find it. You see what I'm saying? And so the the Israelites, at one point in their history, they were traveling through the desert, and God began to feed them out of heaven, and he gave them manna for every day. And so some sort of grain product would be on the ground every morning, and that was what they were supposed to live on. And there came with a warning that said, don't try to keep it for the next day. Tomorrow's is coming. And if they did, it would mysteriously turn into maggot-infested garbage like it had no shelf life whatsoever. Apparently God isn't into preservatives. I don't know. But this, these things would just turn. But get this. They were allowed to keep a double portion the day before the Sabbath. And so that night, whatever they kept for the next day wouldn't turn. Obviously, there's super, something supernatural there, but what's going on? Because there was a reason why they needed to have the extra stuff. It wasn't about build it up so you can check out. Isn't that fascinating? I think, that's, I think there's a good lesson in there. If you can't use it, then where's the value? That's where purpose comes into. That's where planning comes into. And so... Um, like a a closet organizing specialist, anyways, check that out. They will tell you that if you haven't worn something in what, three, six months, maybe something seasonal, but like if it's not being worn, move it on down the road, right? Because you're, you're keeping something that just has purpose for you. What's really at stake here? Is God really worried about how many pairs of blue jeans or bottles of hot sauces I have? He's not. He's worried about my heart. He's worried about my heart because it says this, our hearts follow what we
1: treasure. If you're not using something, then why do you have it? It may be treasure. It may be something that you just like to have.
0: And that's where we got to, you might just be Tired, and you just don't have time to clean the garage. But sometimes we just keep things, and it's like we're just holding it. And I think sometimes you know, you, things maybe move uh, through family sentimental things. I'm not talking about throwing away something that meant something to your grandmother, and it's it's you know something you've kept. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about stuff that just sits. And so God is warning us that our hearts follow this. The stuff is never the issue. Listen to Matthew six nineteen through twenty one. The staff's yelling at me for checking my watch, and I just did, and so I'm sorry.
1: Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21.
0: Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Here again, in these verses, is God saying that it's bad to have things? Is he saying it's bad to keep a car in a garage? Is he saying it's bad to keep your extra clothes, and a dresser, you know, or, or, on, or on hangers, or on the floor, preferably. No, it's not what he's saying. He's saying, don't let those things become your treasure. And so, it's easy for us to, to forget that something is just a vehicle, if you love cars. It's easy for, some, for us to forget that something is just another condiment, if you love cooking and you love crazy hot flavors it's easy when you have a passion for something for something to become more than a thing and to keep part of your heart right and he's saying if that's where your heart is that car's going to rust the food's going to rot you're you're going to age if you know if you these things are going to happen time is coming and and stuff it's going to happen. Quick story. I was, uh, we were newly married. I had a little uh, thing. Uh, what was it called? A little fake Jeep, uh, Suzuki Samurai is what I called it, is it my wannabe Jeep. They're pretty cute. Well, I lived at home before then, so I could waste money on things like sound systems, you know, and so I had this fantastic sound system in my little buggy, you know, and uh, I think it was the day or two after Danielle and I got back from our honeymoon, we had just moved into the apartment complex, Stony Ridge, uh, 256, and I look out on our balcony, married man, I got my balcony, I'm looking out over my kingdom, the parking lot alongside 256, and something's like, I didn't leave the back of my Jeep open, Sound system, gone. Well, now I'm married. (laughs) I wasn't able to run back down to, you know, whatever and and max that thing back out. And, uh, you know, so we put a few things back in and moved on, but it didn't lock. And so at that point, I was like, okay, you know, stereo from Walmart time. Here we go. I'm not going to give the thieves another, you know, multi-hundred-dollar whatever. But that's an example of something that I was really proud of and loved, and, and then it just, poof, gone right and if you've been robbed like it's a terrible feeling and and it's like we've got to be careful that our hearts not in our stuff because if our if, if our stuff's affected then our hearts affected the stuff is never the issue our hearts is the issue the world the world only offers craving it never offers satisfaction and so no matter what you're into if you like guns guess what you've always got another gun in mind the next one that you want to buy Anybody care to say, that? They, okay, or the spouse can raise their hand. Um, if you like cars, there is always a list of cars that you would rather have in your garage. If you like clothes, if you like, right, this is normal. If you like to travel, you're always thinking of the next trip. And so if you like food, you're thinking of the next meals. Uh, but what am I saying there? It's always that's all it can provide is craving, and that's where God is is challenging us that the enjoyment part is fine. But if you treasure something that can never be satisfied, it's it's gonna leave you it's gonna leave you empty. It's gonna leave you, it's gonna leave you stranded. So should we take a vow of poverty? I love the church because we get this thing. We just want to max it out either way. You know, if Jesus loves you, you should just be, you know, bling, bling. And, you know, if you don't have a, a year old Cadillac or less, you're just, you know, Jesus must not love you or you haven't tithed enough or something. Or the other side of the church is, oh, stuff. Ooh.
1: Can we find middle ground here? I'm not we say this a lot
0: in different series I don't want to trade one set of chains for another that's not what Jesus came to do that's not what grace is about that's not what living this godly life is about I believe that 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 he owns everything and 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 we get to be his kids and just enjoy this world that he made and shame on us if we don't enjoy it some of the times when it's good, right? And I, I think that it's part of stewardship is to enjoy things. I really do. But what God is saying is that your heart is never there. Religion always offers a solution of more chains instead of true freedom. We shouldn't invest our heart in material things, but that doesn't mean we need to be afraid of them either. Now, here's the thing. The solution for most of us probably does include less stuff. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with myself. There's room... I don't have the room I need. And so I'm, I'm figuring out that constantly because it's like there are things I think I need. And I know that I need more space in my calendar. I know that I need more space in my garage. And, and what the Bible is telling us is don't be so quick to just build a bigger garage. Don't be so quick to. I don't even think that really was the issue with the Lord. I really don't believe that because I think if you're, if you're handling a lot of stuff, then you need more room for a lot of stuff. I, I don't think the problem was that. The problem was that the person in that story said that I am the end of the line. All of this is just for me and, and that's it. God is talking about investing. The final bell will ring at some point that's how stock every day the stock market ends and whatever that whatever those stocks landed to by the end of the day that's what they're worth the bell will ring for for all of all of us and what this is saying is that what you've invested in is going to have different values at the end of time everything we've invested into the world will have a
1: value of zero he's not saying it's bad to own it as long as you understand
0: what the eternal value of that thing is does that make sense i'm gonna enjoy my car but if i'm pretty sure that that's gonna you know not help me or translate with me into heaven you know that the uh, the, uh pharaohs and stuff would try to take all their stuff with them to the next stop, you know. Sorry. So as long as I know that that little car that I love flying around corners in way too fast is, has no eternal value, then I'm just going to enjoy it. And when I say love, it's loose. Like, you know, I love my car, but it's not my treasure. You know what I'm saying? Because the things I invest in, my children knowing the Lord, loving my wife, helping people get closer to God, um, seeing people, you know, being a part of people being set free from addictions and seeing marriages heal. Those are the things that have eternal value. And so God is saying that there's a final bell is going to ring. All shares will be cashed out. What keeps us from investing our hearts in the kingdom? Three things, I believe. Four, if you just want to include ignorance, but you got to check that one off the list today because you know, okay? I think three things keep us from investing in the kingdom of God. They are greed, jealousy, and fear. You might be like, I'm not a jealous person. I'm not a greedy person. I'm not a fearful person. When you picture like a, the cartoon image of those things, maybe you're not. But when you see our actions, those are connected to these emotions. And so let me, let me explain them. Uh, greed just means you just... You just enjoy having the stuff and there's there's you you like having it and you want more of it that's guess what we're all a little greedy okay and then uh you go into um jealousy some people really deal with this but if we're all being honest there are times when i'm like man i i like that car I think that I should have that car, you know, and, and I stick with cars, if you haven't noticed. Um, but jealousy is when you, you think that you should have something more than another person, or you despise that person for having it, like, or, you're, or you feel like in some way shorted because you don't have it. You see what I'm saying? Like there's something, something's not right because they have it or you don't or some combination of it. We will trip over that fear. I think fear is actually probably the biggest for a lot of even people after they come to the Lord. Uh, fear is just this human um, is basically taking care of the things just on a human level, and you're not including God in it. And so fear is well, who knows what tomorrow's going to bring? You know, I be, I better take care of me. Huh? Really? That's where we get out of line. And so that fear becomes we're not trusting the Lord for our life, for our provision, uh, for what's coming up. How do we deal with these three
1: things? Greed. The key to greed is give. It's living open-handed. We tend to go
0: through life like this, either ready to, <laughs> ready to fight ready to hold on to stuff, um, fists clenched, like we're just, we're, we're, we're uneasy, we're anxious, um, we're trying to hang on to what we have, and we're going to grab more if we can, and God says, open up your hand. Is he saying being stu- be stupid with it? Like, oh, I don't care about any of this, I don't care about whether I f- can pay next month's bills, so I'm just going to live today, seize today." No. It's not what he's talking about he's talking about living open-handed so that way if you see a need and the holy spirit moves on your heart you say man i i, I need to bless this person um god what whatever you want to move through me and how you want to move it through me onto somebody else or in somebody else's life it's yours it's yours and and so that open-handed thing I've I've seen that cripple churches I've seen it cripple families I've seen it cripple individuals and that is where you shut down to protect what's yours and that is fear-based that's not kingdom-minded that's not trusting the Lord uh I went right to fear sorry about that that's the that's the that's the meds I don't know live open-handed the fear part of that leads from giving is into stewardship. So then it's not, I'm holding something on just for me. I'm not holding something out of fear, but it's another thing to consider. Well, how do I manage this so that I can take care of my family 10 years from now, or I can meet these obligations coming down the road. This part of my life's going to look different in 10 years when my income changes. And so I, God's not talking about that, but he's, What he's concerned about is that you would ever say that this is who's figuring this out instead of the Lord leading us and trusting him for it. It's planning, I think, um, and being a steward is not not a matter of of not trusting God. It's a matter of leaning into him and, and having him take care of your future. And this is what you do today. Jealousy. There's one cure for jealousy, and it's and it's very difficult if you're stuck with it because you've basically got to flip from your eyes on other people to being satisfied with whatever God has brought into yours. Big word, contentment. Um, it's one thing to like other things. I think it's a. Uh, I have aspirations for quite a few different cars. There it is that I'd like to own someday. But if that's where I'm fixated. If, if I can't enjoy what I'm driving, if I can't be thankful for what I'm having, even if I don't really like it, if I, if I can't be thankful for the roof over my head today, if I can't be thankful for the meal that's in front of me, even though I'd rather be eating something else, then my heart has, I've, I've placed treasure in the food, I've placed treasure into the, autom- into the car, I've placed treasure into the house. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I can't even be, I can't function. And, and you really, this becomes apparent when you change your situation and you, you find yourself not being able to adapt. I uh, was in a grocery store at the beginning of a mission trip and uh, had grabbed some things, was going to make some sandwiches, and I had somebody tell me, I, I only
1: eat creamy peanut butter. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's tough. <laughs> like, re- what?
0: You know? And so sometimes it takes the context change and to realize how stuck you are with different things, how stuck you are on certain standards of what you live in or drive in. And it's like, God, I just need you. I just need you. And I'm going to be grateful for whatever comes my way. I'm going to be grateful for, for the people that you've put into my life. And, and God, I just want to put. You
1: first. How do we move treasure from earth to heaven?
0: Well, I bank with a local bank, and my kids have accounts that are linked to mine, and, and so we play the transfer game. Anybody else do that? I still have, Lily's still connected to us out in California, and so it's like, Lily, okay, I want to give you some money couple seconds on my phone and I just gave Lily a hundred bucks or whatever else pretty cool we need to make some heavenly wire transfers with our treasure and that's where we we process and we say God I'm giving you permission to reveal to me this is one of those prayers he's going to say yes to God
1: will you show me where I've placed treasure on earth? I dare you.
0: Because if I pray it, he's going to show me something. I haven't figured this out all the way. And so then what we do is we see it and you're like, oh man, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I had the best of intention with, with just enjoying it and owning it and using it. But God, it got part of my heart. And I'm sorry that I gave it what only belongs to to you. And guess what you just did? You just made a wire transfer of treasure from earth to heaven. Can we pray this morning? God, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you that you love us. God, I thank you that you don't want the things of this earth to determine whether we are happy or not. God, I thank you for all of the things we get to enjoy from the sunset to the the grass to our children to our families to our houses to our cars to to the food that we eat god i thank you that enjoyment is a part of life what a gift god you gave us these senses
1: everything would taste the same if it didn't matter but god you 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 warn us Because you don't like us?
0: Because you're afraid of us having too much of a good thing? No, you warn us because you love us. And you want us to be careful to not put treasure, our hearts, into something that can rust or be stolen. Because God, if we'll place our hearts in you, nobody can touch it. Nobody can touch it. If this morning the Lord showed you something, if he hasn't yet, he will later if you prayed that prayer, but if he showed you something this morning and you wanna make a wire transfer, it could be something great, but it just can't have your heart. You wanna make that transfer this morning. You wanna move it over from earth to heaven. If that's you this morning, raise your hand. I wanna pray with you. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. I see all those hands. Father God, we thank you for a word and for your Holy Spirit that would move on our hearts, God, that we would feel how much you love us. God, that you would would love us so much that you would want us to be free. Free to enjoy, but not ever in bondage to the things of this earth. God, that our heart would belong only to you. Father God, I thank you that you would touch my friends this morning. God, I thank you that they just made a heavenly transfer today. We're gonna put it where it counts. We're gonna put it where the value is. If you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, if you've never crossed the line of faith, if you've never put your heart into his hands and you're ready to this morning, would you raise your hand up? We wanna make an opportunity for that. Always try to, anybody this morning. Father God, we thank you for this word. God, we thank you that you love us. God, we thank you for this beautiful earth full of all the things that you have made for for us and through us. God, I thank you that you love us. And God, I thank you that we can trust you with our heart. God, help us to treasure you above all things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we stand and worship this morning? If you'd like prayer for the topic of the message or for anything, somebody's going through a difficult time in your life, you are, you want prayer for healing, please come forward and ask for prayer. And, um, and then let's just uh, close with worship this morning.